Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 364, covering Kir Shara and Daedalus, with Mark Bosco. Hi, friends. Well, we're in the Enterprise Gets Great period, so, uh, Bob, wel- welcome for that. Now the show's finally good. Yep, thank you. I'm very excited about this. Yeah, uh, and that's definitely a, a true statement and not something that immediately goes away or anything. It's, <laughs> they tricked us. 100% true. It's some kind of Star Trek? Yes. Yeah, it's a saying? Star Trek. I'm yeah. always truthy with the truth. It's a pretty good uh-huh. joke, Al. It's a, you know, it's like a 2004 reference, so oh. you're, you're on par with what we're <laughs> reviewing right now. Yeah, truthy. Yes. Truthiness. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. I actually didn't hate all of this, so... No, the, the back end of the three-part Vulcan adventure trilogy adventure was just fine. Yeah. Is that how they advertised it? The Vulcan trilogy <laughs> adventure trilogy adventure? yes yeah okay, <laughs> nailed it huh they have a lot of extra space on the uh, dvd cover they this week on star trek stories. enterprise the vulcan trilogy adventure trilogy they always have extra space it's space archer well, and his dog fight a vulcan so probably <laughs> oh man i want to see that one <laughs> and to paul is there too we gotta do something about this that's right <laughs> With a special guest appearance by Tapow. <laughs> be, be there Sunday picture. or whenever the fuck this TV show is on. <laughs> Wait, did this I, turn I into a monster truck being... rally? Sure. All right. Uh, and then and then Archer fought Truckosaurus. <laughs> oh come on, Trip would totally be part of that B plot. Hot damn, it's Truckosaurus. <laughs> Truckosaurus, can I get your autograph? I love you. <laughs> Trip, stop trying to get a truck to sign things. It's a Tr- truck. Truckosaurus, down here by your ankle. Hello? <laughs> ah, shit, he I stepped picture, on uh, I pictured T'Pau being on screen like one of those uh, Batman 66 titles. <laughs> yeah. But, T'Pau. But just like her face just like spinning up toward the camera. Yeah, it's, it's like, the, it's like the, the old Batman logo where it's her face and then it just says T'Pau underneath. Yeah. <laughs> Works for me. <laughs> All right. Uh, the second one, not not so entertaining, but we'll get to that. First, mm-hmm. Bob, why don't you tell us what happens in K- Kirshara? Is that? Yeah, I think that's how they say I it. I believe Kirshara. so, yeah. I, I My Vulcan accent is terrible, but I think that's about right. <laughs> anyway, All take right. it away. Last week on Enterprise, some stuff got blowed up real good, and Archer got possessed by a Vulcan ghost. And now, the conclusion. While Archer is still lost in some caves with Tapau, carrying around a Ziploc bag with Surak's writings in it, Tucker is taking the Enterprise to Andoria because some emotional Vulcan jerks are about to invade. Tucker tries to warn our, fr- our old friend Shran, who seems to believe him, but then he steals the Vulcan ambassador so he can torture him a bit to see if he was really telling the truth. You know, because torture always reveals the truth and doesn't just make them tell you whatever you want to hear so that the torture will stop. <clears throat> Anyway, meanwhile on Vulcan, T'Pau fixes T'Pol's incurable disease by melding with her. Back in space, the torture scene continues. Meanwhile on Vulcan, Archer expounds on, like, how great controlling your emotions is, man, and you probably wouldn't understand, but you should try it sometime. Back in space, Shran is still torturing Zaval. Meanwhile on Vulcan, our intrepid adventurers fight with some other Vulcans Spock Amok style. Back in space, The torture is still going on. 
until the Enterprise knocks on their door with some plasma cannons, and then Shran regrets his actions a little. The Enterprise teams up with the Andorians, and Trip plants himself in front of the oncoming Vulcan fleet, saying, You'll have to go through me! Forgetting that this is three-dimensional space, and they can easily go around you, Trip. <laughs> Thankfully, before things get too blowed up, Archer and T'Pau make it to the Vulcan High Council and open the Ziploc baggie with their new Bible in it. The Vulcans call off the attack and even dissolve the High Command, so the Earthlings won't have Vulcans looking over their shoulder anymore, which is sure to go well. Also, for some reason, we still have some time left in this episode. So, Koss says, I break with thee, I break with thee, I break with thee, and throws dog poop onto Paul's shoes. <clears throat> and then, there's a secret cave meeting where it's revealed that the emotional Vulcans were actually Romulans. Dun-dun-dun! The end. Uh, one, one point of order, and I saw this in your notes, too. You often refer to a character named Tucker, and I know who that is intellectually <laughs> yeah. but i cannot put that together when i read it at all it's that like super I, threw me off it's like when I'm people so say sorry. dr mccoy mm -hmm. it's 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 not it's not unique to this show there's certain characters that are just known by their nicknames <laughs> and yeah i i know dr leonard mccoy is his name but he's bones yeah yeah it's like calling malcolm reed like yeah I, same thing you're not wrong but what <laughs> reed alert <laughs> i mean that's what they called it uh-huh. <laughs> Whatever dumb pun we can come up with on this show, the, the Enterprise has already done it. Mm -hmm. I, I believe that Tucker is also Trip, if that clears things up. Yeah, it, he is. I know. Like I say, I know that intellectually, but when I heard it and when I read it in your notes, I'm like, who the f- it's, Oh, right. It's like if you called him Charles for the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Also correct, Charles. technically. Uh-huh. But <laughs> The best wait. kind of correct. Well, then I suppose we could say that while Archer was away, Charles was in charge. Uh-huh. To, what to a great job back, he did. To bring <laughs> it back to Matt's Scott Bayo reference from a week or two ago. <laughs> I, I don't really think we have to continue to call back to Scott Bayo. <laughs> no, I, I think we can leave Scott Bayo just where he is. Oh, yeah. Which is presumably <laughs> wallowing in obscurity, one hopes. Yep. Mm -hmm. Somewhere under the sea. Yeah. Sounds good uh, to me. So I didn't hate this one, but I feel like three parts was too many parts. Yeah, I think we could have easily yeah. made this. A, a, a lot of time was spent in these three episodes crawling around in the desert. Yeah, was, and walking around yeah, the caves. Yeah, it was way, and way there was way out. too much torture. Yeah, I felt like that was the the big padding in this one was yeah. just going back to that torture scene over and over. It was like we could have ended it after the first scene. But... I don't think I don't think it was necessary at all. Like the whole point. Oh, I was, agree. I don't believe oh, yeah. you. I'm going to torture you. And then it just kept happening. And then he believed him. Like, yeah. what changed? I'm watching it and I'm like, Nothing. okay, well, Shran doesn't want to be torturing this guy. Saval doesn't want to be tortured. And I don't want to be watching it. So why is this happening? It, I, it I only say, ends because it's like, oh, Trip is going to be mad at me. So I guess I'll stop. <laughs> Trip's don't want to get on that guy's bad side. That guy knows John. And I really like John. And I want him to be friends with me. So I better stop torturing <laughs> this dude. Inexplicably, <laughs> I love John Archer because reasons. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, this is my good thing, though, when Saval was being tortured. Uh, mm -hmm. He he just, he looks over at Shran and he says, you know what, just turn it up to the highest setting to get this over with. Oh, like, that was mm -hmm. the best. That was yeah. such a badass, and that's such a Vulcan thing to say. Yep. Like, okay, we, we all know how this is going to go. Logically, you're going to keep turning it up and keep turning it up. Just go to 10, mm -hmm. and I'll, I'll pass out, and we'll be done, all right? <laughs> I thought it was funny, though. Every time we cut back to that scene, it was like, the the wine of the machine that that was torturing him was back to the lower level and then they'd increase it again yeah <laughs> they'd, they'd cut away and cut back and it was back <laughs> do the yep. same thing 
It's like Shran doesn't have the stomach for it. He's like, oh, that's too high. No, no, torture, torture. Wait, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 no one's watching now, so I can go back down to one. Right. <laughs> this was this was your bad thing, though, right, Matt? Uh, t- yeah, I could have done without Shran torturing Saval. Like, you know, a scene between the two of them would have been friggin' awesome. Like, I would watch these two characters talk all the time, but really, well, more these are torture? our two best. These are our two best recurring guys right now. Yeah. Maybe our and, only yeah. two recurring guys. And right watching now. them talk about like like just get in there and like hash out the whole Andorian Vulcan thing would be awesome. But you know, I guess we should just and, do more torture instead. Like and, it's Enterprise. Well, you got to remember the this... torture scene. There was actually a great scene with the two of them. Uh, you know, Shran being angry and accusatory, and the Vulcan being calm and logical, and it was. It was an awesome scene. Yeah. And, the, you know, they could have just gone on with that for another two minutes. Yeah, put these guys in a room him, together but... and just let them and just let them yell at each other or, you know, yeah, I think not. I, th- I think Saval's Vulcanness really plays well, like you say, Bob, off of uh, Shran's like over emotional. Like, I think mm-hmm. it makes yeah. him seem even more Vulcan by having yeah. someone super emotional to work off of. But exactly. You got to remember, this was 2004 and America was gaga for torture. And, oh, yeah. And if uh, oh, if yeah. Archer's not doing it anymore, someone has to. Yeah, so. I mean, it was yeah. on, it was I on mean, everything. I did some torture. Like yeah. this, yeah. 24, Friends. Just. I don't think Friends mm-hmm. was on anymore, but there was definitely some. Uh, what was on then? What sitcom? Uh, the Office probably had some torture. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh, yeah. I tortured my friends every chance I got back then. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I still have the bruises. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we, we all could, I think, have done without that, but overall, it was good to see Shran again, good to yeah. see Jeffrey Combs again, and, uh... Yeah. Bob, every, was time, actually, every time he shows up, is a treat. Bob, I was actually surprised your notes say, my thing, my good thing's gonna be Jeffrey Combs, except you guys probably already took it, and we didn't, but then you came up with something else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I figured, you know, you've probably said Jeffrey Combs enough on the podcast, but right. I shouldn't repeat that. <laughs> oh, he, look, the guy's the one shining beacon of mm-hmm. like, oh, this is how good it could be. Come on. Yeah. yeah. On the other yeah, hand, I this love... podcast is definitely can definitely be proven to be uh, Jeffrey Combs positive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I lo- yeah, I love that guy. I actually really like the guy who plays Saval, too. He's yeah, really yeah. good Vulcan. No, and I said this last week, I've wanted to like that character so bad, and they've given us nothing, and they finally... Like, they fixed the Vulcans, but they've also specifically fixed him, mm-hmm. so that when yeah. he comes back, it'll be like, okay, now I have reasons to like him instead of, I like the actor and I wish he was better. Yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Uh, what good thing did you have, Bob? Yes. Um, Tell I us. Actually, I, I really like the weird, infinite Mobius caves that they walked through for hours. The, I thought they were really cleverly designed so that, you know, the camera could go through them and you couldn't really tell which direction people were walking in. And it looked mm-hmm. like it just kept going on and wasn't the same environment over and over and over. See, yeah, I it just... wasn't like the uh, Hanna-Barbera background that yeah. scrolled by endlessly. <laughs> That's true. Right. See, I just <laughs> kept thinking, well, here comes John around around a corner with a torch again. Yeah, I mean, it still was all a cave, but at least it, I don't know, it felt like you could shoot in it and it looked different from different angles. And It, you know. it, felt, a little, it, feeled. it <laughs> felt a little more expansive than, than their fake caves usually do. Like, it was a little yeah. bigger and, and they, they made some effort to make it look, you know, like oh, yeah. you say, sort of mazy. But yeah. it still, to me, looked like the fake cave that we spend. I mean, and this isn't just Enterprise. This is every Star Trek series since the original mm-hmm. fake mm-hmm. caves. I'm so tired of fake caves. Uh, all right. Got to hang out in a cave. Where I, else are you going to find Vulcan it. treasure, Al? Riddle me that. Well, yeah. they, it, is a, it is a desert planet, and caves are a good place to hide things on a desert. So That's you, true. You know, it was a good <laughs> Maybe they could have gone into a I feel like That would have been cool. Hmm. <laughs> 
I maybe I'm just not burnt out on the caves. I thought these looked better than usual, though. They, no, I mean, they, they did even right. just the way they were painted inside. They looked more like real rock than than they have in the past, especially yeah. in in TNG. That's true. It's just like I say, the the setting. The even yeah. if it looked perfect, Fair. even if they actually went on location in a cave, it's like another cave. Oh yeah, uh, I get okay. it. <laughs> no, yeah. do you know how excited I would be if they went to an actual cave? Yeah, <laughs> that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, I mean, that, they did some real location work at the on the previous parts of this yeah. trilogy. So yeah, look you know, good. I know. I thought it cut together pretty well. But yeah, me too. No, and I think like we all agree that uh, three parts was too many. Like this probably would have fit nicely in a two parter. Yeah. From what I've read and from what people have have mentioned to me, like one of the big reasons the, they do all the three parters is because they want to do these bigger stories and mm. they can't afford it. So like this way. They could do the oh, location yeah. shoot and the, maybe the bigger cave set. And, like, there's a lot to this. And yeah. yeah. Spread, spread the whole the cost budget. out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I get that. And and in the previous three, I assume they were just paying for Brent Spiner because, you know. Yes. <laughs> Brent, Brent Spiner doesn't get out of bed for less than $2 million. <laughs> He's a very wow. famous Star Trek actor. Guy's been in bed for a long time. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, Matt, what was your good thing? Uh... I like that one Vulcan that sounds like Maurice LaMarche. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was him too, oh, actually. Yeah. That was driving uh, me too. nuts for the entire episode. Like, it's every... like, why do I know this voice? Yep. <laughs> it's like the Vulcan Prime Minister would be all like, ah, soon we will destroy Archer. <laughs> and this guy's like, all right, oh my God, they're opening the door. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was a little bit of Maurice LaMarche's um, Orson Welles, but it yeah. was mostly just Maurice LaMarche, like, standard, and I was certain it was him too. And I yeah. looked him up and it wasn't. And I was like, how? What? But no, huh. did he dub him? Maybe. <laughs> what are we gonna do tonight, Brain? Try to stop John Archer. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, uh, the guy, the head of the the high command. You know, the, the guy we talked about last time, the guy mm-hmm. who was the admiral in that uh, uh, DS Nine episode. Uh, he he did that thing that every villain in this show does, which he actually had a point where the camera comes up close to him and he goes, "Archer," yep. and like. <laughs> I think his fist was <laughs> off camera, but you, totally you could see him clenching it. Yep. Just like, they, it was a very Skeletor <laughs> moment. Oh, yeah. Oh, this dude. And when we found out he was a Romulan, it made so much more sense. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But And I like that. And I feel like they were setting up maybe for their fifth season. I think I've read this before where they wanted to do the actual Romulan War. And then they got canceled. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, looking through all the like the Star Trek chronology book and all that stuff. When, when the show aired and I looked at all my nerd books, it's like, oh, this is around the time they were supposed to have fought the Romulans. I guess that's what this show's about. Mm-hmm. Mm. And then they never showed up. And I was like, oh, and I guess they kind of show up, but not really. So they, I, I assume they were setting that up and then yeah. it couldn't happen. But, what a yeah. disappointment. Like, I mean, all these good ideas I'm, heading into season five and just four seasons and nothing. I don't know. I'm, if I'm it, curious. What, at what point during the season did they find out they were not having a season five? Mm. That I don't know. I mean, I know they had enough time to put together a finale because yeah. it's a finale. But beyond that, I'm not sure. Yeah. But I don't. I mean, if I'm UPN and I'm looking at the numbers and the show's not doing well and it's not very yeah. good, I, I wouldn't yeah. feel bad about canceling this. Like, yeah, it got a little better, but it's still. Uh... No, I'm yeah. just, like, honestly, I. If it were up to me, it wouldn't have made it past season three after that <laughs> yeah, no. shit show. But like... and, and season three came not long after Nemesis. Mm-hmm. And you're like, ooh, the brand is really suffering. Maybe we just need to hit pause for a little yeah. while, you know? 
know. But is it is it that they needed to get to like a hundred episodes or something for the syndication? They didn't. Is that why the they show, did season four? The show made it to like ninety eight. It mm-hmm. made it just shy of a hundred. <laughs> I'm serious. It's like ninety six or ninety eight. I don't remember, but it's it's not completely a hundred. It's very close. Uh, yeah. Because <laughs> they went they switched from twenty six episode seasons to twenty four episode seasons at some point. Mm. So the first couple seasons, like if if they'd stayed doing twenty six, they would have ended up with, you know. 104 yeah but Mm -hmm. they're shy because they changed so oh well anyway um bob what was your bad thing uh my bad thing was the uh the very 90s spiky prop knife that came from the shop in the mall that also sold replica swords custom zippo lighters and dragon statues i love that store (laughs) archer had it in his pocket like Mm -hmm. what my note was is he carrying a Klingon knife? But you're right; it's even stupider than a Klingon knife. Yep. It's like <laughs> it's got like is... uh, dinosaur spines on the backside of it, or something. <laughs> like, where did he get this thing? <laughs> this is not from part that of the store in the mall. Yeah, but it's not yeah. part of the Starfleet like field kit. Like, he must have gone to the mall because yeah. <laughs> I just like if there's a story behind it, like the Klingons gave it to him or something. Okay, but this is like a uh, God. What's his name? Um. The, the knife guy from Nemesis. I was just trying to think of that. Yeah. <laughs> Shinzon. You, Shinzon. Shinzon, thank you. I was going to say, Bob, you were here for this too. The knife. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe that was on purpose. They were trying to get you to remember a then recent, you know, appearance of the Romulans. Uh-huh. That's the sound hey, his knives make. Shinzon. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I did like there's a there's a some kind of a natural element in the Vulcan caves where if you have metal it just like zaps it with electricity and that was pretty cool. Yeah, just one more mm-hmm. thing that that's weird about Vulcan that I love. Yeah. Yeah, I liked how they used that against the uh the Vulcan dudes that were chasing them to mm-hmm. like lure yeah. them into that area and get them shocked. Yeah, and they're they're all armed with uh, very similar weapons to what we saw in, uh, as Bob says, Spock Amok, which mm-hmm. is still one of yes. the best alternate titles ever. Yep, <laughs> going on uh, nine years now, and uh... yeah. yay! <laughs> but it's it's like they they reduced the size of the of the the ends a bit so they don't look completely ridiculous, and now they look like more like real weapons, but they're still clearly mm-hmm. influent. Like it's kind of the best of like, all. Like they kind of look like those uh, Q-tip things they used to use on American Gladiators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. <laughs> But the yeah. ones that Kirk and Spock had were so sort of unbalanced that I don't know how they were expected to fight with them. You know, like the, the yeah. blade was 10 times bigger than the rest of it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my bad thing was uh, really, so the Vulcan, the, the, the high command guy, Velas, uh, he's, he's lying about the, uh, the Andorians having WMDs to predicate an invasion. Really? Uh-huh. Just mm-hmm. re- really? It's, it's, Ripped from today's yeah. headlines, Al. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, in fairness, Star, Star Trek is taking the right stance this time, which is a bad guy did that for bad reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And last season, we were doing all that torture stuff, and it was meant to be good. Like, at least yeah. they're talking about current events, and they're taking the, the correct, you know, stance this time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's but they've something. always done current events to some degree, kind of allegory mm, stuff. Kind of. The is it too obvious? Is that did, why you didn't but, like it? No, it's just... This show has already been so... Post 9-11, chasing the Taliban and torturing people. And, like, there's yeah. too much of that in here already, and this is just mm. more of it. Yeah. I would is really like, like the show to get back to to get back to get being Star Trek. Well, it's, like, the original series did have some Vietnam stuff, but sure. the whole show wasn't about Vietnam. There were one or two episodes about it. Yeah. Among oh, not many a whole other season. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. And so 
all of season three was that, and then we got even more of it, and it's like, enough. I get it. Bush era. This is not going to age well. And look, it <laughs> hasn't aged well. Yeah. So that's all. But again, at least they took the right position. I'll give them partial credit for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? Um, hmm. Could have done without uh, John Archer teaching Vulcans how to be Vulcans. We saw that coming. <laughs> yeah. Then again, it's extremely <laughs> in character for this show. Also, when the... Um, when the when the when Surak's pinata bursts open and and spills forth the the digital <laughs> secrets, uh-huh. it just looks like the Matrix. It's yep. Just, oh yeah. Like it's in Vulcan writing, but it's that green descending yep. text. Well, the the Matrix was still very big at the time. Yeah. This is like five years old at this point. Yeah, but the sequels eh. were still out. Uh, yeah, nobody wanted to think about or that. Or coming out. Yeah. Shh. Nobody ever wants to think about that. Speaking of mm-hmm. unnecessary caves. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was very surprised when that happened because I thought it was just like, oh, we're going to break open this pyramid and there's going to be, you know, parchment in here or whatever because mm. this was thousands of years ago. But no, it's this weird digital thing. I think, I mean, I don't, they haven't said, but I think Surak existed in a time that was still pretty, like they went into space. Like they mm. were pretty oh. advanced at that point. Yeah. That's right, Cause... I guess, because they destroyed themselves with nuclear whatever. Yeah, and... And the the shadow of the bird or whatever they call it. the guys who ended up being the Romulans split off from mm-hmm. them. The the, left sh- the, planet. the shadow under the raptor. Right, that's it. But they they left the planet and obviously they had warp because they went mm. further than they went to the moon because they went away. Right. Yeah, they didn't okay. just go live on the moon or something. They yeah. lived pretty far away. So. <laughs> so you know, I I feel like they have at least our level of technology now, mm-hmm. if not a little further than that. So that's mm-hmm. okay. Vulcan's a very old culture, so. And what they've been trying to tell us is that they've kind of stagnated because they don't really care about exploration or anything, which I still think is dumb. But maybe that's one of the things they're fixing with this. I think I, I, I think it was implied that they were lying about that. I hope so. Like, because, yeah, that's stupid. It doesn't make sense. They're, 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 there's a lot of great scientists on Vulcan. Of course they want to explore, to learn yeah. about things. Or we could just, you know, keep telling people what to do. <laughs> at least they they finally i mean i never understood how that was a thing anyway how did mm-hmm. they have the authority to tell earth anything because they not, had bigger weapons yeah but they like, never will we'll beat you up if they never said that that was i guess the no, it was implied yeah this this peaceful well, i guess they weren't peaceful until now but this yeah. race of logical yeah ah anyway they fixed it so that's mm-hmm. good at one point, somebody says it's the start of a new era, and I just thought, yeah, for for the next like ten episodes, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> oh, pretty. I, I, that Archer says at the end when when they're oh we you know we're we're not gonna look over your shoulder anymore, and you you know it's it's time for humans to go out on their own, and Archer says we're ready. Like, no, yeah. you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We got fourteen more episodes, so great. Uh-huh. Good, good job. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Eh, it could be worse, I guess. I mean, these were on the whole. This was these where were people fine. Say this got good, and I yeah it got better. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it got good, but yeah. it got better. I liked I like this trilogy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say if I had to come up with a list of like my five favorite Enterprise episodes, these three would be in that five because yep. there's not much else. <laughs> God, I can't think of the other two now. Like, <laughs> yeah, I kind of liked uh, Trip Gets Pregnant, and then a listener wrote in and and rightfully pointed out how it's kind of problematic and so mm. like, oh yeah okay yeah i, wasn't I like the looking one at the, you know go ahead i like the one where uh i think it was first season where uh the the ship has been damaged and so the next episode they go to find this station that fixes yeah. their ship and that one was i like good. that one 
No. Yeah. yeah. There were a couple so of decent five. ones in the first season. <laughs> like, not great, but no. decent. Mostly the first season was kind of boring with a couple of, like, okay ideas. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but anyway, maybe maybe there'll be more coming up. We'll we'll see. Be nice. Mm-hmm. Sure. I have trouble uh, believing it after uh, after the second episode, but you know. Yeah. All right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we can we can push on to that unless you guys have anything else about uh, about this. No, you want to do the alternate titles and the quote. Yeah. Uh, Bob, what do you got for an alternate title? Uh, Archer is one with everything. A hot dog story. <laughs> hot dogs. <laughs> Matt, what, Matt, what do you got? The possession of John Archer by the ghost Surik. Pretty good. I went mm-hmm. with how to be a Vulcan, a human explanation. Because <laughs> he totally human explained everything to yep. everybody. Mm-hmm. All right, Bob, what do you got for a quote? Uh, in the battle after Shran saves the Enterprise, he says this. Tell Archer that's two he owes me. Ah, uh, yes, Shran Solo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pushing forward now to I don't know how to say this one either. Is it Daedalus? Daedalus, is that right? Yeah. I, I'll, whatever, whatever Dave says in our in our oh. bumper, I just assume that's what it is. They probably said <laughs> it in the episode, but who 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 pays attention to that? <laughs> uh, All right, Daedalus. This is yeah, another good Dave. one for Dave, actually. Now that I think about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not as bad as the Interarmen Legis and Bada Bing. Bada, bada Bing, Bada Bang. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so here under protest is Daedalus. Uh Enterprise is playing host to a brilliant scientist whose ideas could change the way Starfleet fundamentally operates. So naturally he ends up being an obsessive, borderline psychotic person who puts the entire crew in danger and is also ultimately responsible for the death of a crewman. Also, he was good friends with Archer's dad, so this all earns him a pass on the good ship John Archer is a war criminal. Oh, you thought that whole Surak business mellowed old squinty eyes angry pants? Well, you look pretty silly for thinking that now, don't you? Yes, I know I'm the one who actually said that, and I do indeed feel pretty silly now. The scientist in question is Dr. Emery Erickson, and since we're in space and talking about Emery all the time, I kept waiting for someone to mention Oglethorpe. This is one of those references that maybe only I get, but in this case, that's enough. I would absolutely watch and review episodes of Spiskatas, rather than sitting through the next dozen or so plodding piles of mush that this show has to offer. You see Oglethorpe, uh, sorry, I mean Ignignod and his daughter Ur, okay, I mean Emery and his daughter Danica, are testing some new kind of transporter that can beam people across the entire galaxy, which is an absurd notion now, but wait till a couple of movies need that to fill in some giant plot holes in a few years. They'll be transporting from Earth to the Klingon homeworld like it's nothing! Apparently Emery and his family had come out to this starless region of space known as the Barrens a while back conducting these very tests, and Emery lost his son... Okay, I'm out of dumb... I'm out of dumb Aqua Teen space names. His son's name was Quinn, and he died in a transporter accident. So, of course, that means Emery isn't here to conduct more tests. He's here to rescue Quinn, who is now a literal transporter ghost, haunting the ship when it arrives in the Barrens. And then he actually kills an Enterprise crewman, which is something I deliberately spoiled for you in the first sentence of my summary just to simulate my total lack of surprise at any of this. To be clear, Transporter Ghost Quinn may not have actually killed this crewman on purpose, but even if it was an accident, I wouldn't, it wouldn't have happened at all if Emery hadn't been such a secretive jerk. But even after we find out what he's up to, he's given carte blanche to continue endangering the crew, and Archer gets progressively angrier at anyone who would dare challenge him. I'll throw a thousand crewmen into a Transporter Ghost if it means someone who spoke to my dad a few times gets exactly what he wants. So after 17 or 18 more acts of this, including a series of scenes where we're forced to 
watch a very excited trip get progressively sadder and more disappointed, mm-hmm. they end up rescuing Quinn, sort of. But he dies on the transporter pad. But not before whispering some inspiring words in his father's arms, because if we're going for cliches, why not go for all the fucking cliches? <laughs> Meanwhile, T'Pol is cured of her clumsy allegory for AIDS, since mind-melding is no longer a clumsy allegory for unprotected sex, I guess? And also she's taken to... Um, and also she's taken to intently studying the newly uncovered true word of Surak, a fact that makes her not-boyfriend Trip unhappy for some reason. So she breaks up with him, despite the fact that they weren't even really dating in the first place. Oh, and as for old Dr. Emery murders a crewman of the Connecticut murders a crewman's, <laughs> it's implied that he'll be made to answer for his gross incompetence and actual murder of a crewman by possibly becoming a teacher. Future justice! <laughs> Brandon Braga, the newly departed showrunner whose stink nevertheless permeates this steaming pile of what's-it, went on the record some years later to call this episode, quote, kind of dreadful, end quote. <laughs> Actual quote from Brandon Braga there. Yeah. Oh, wow. Not up to you your usual upset, transporter Al. ghost standards, I guess, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> now, listen, if you're going to do an episode about a transporter ghost, take it from the master. Yeah. This ghost oh, isn't boy, nearly transportery or ghosty enough. Step back, peons, and let a master at it. No, we <laughs> fired you. Get out of here. You can't <laughs> fire me. I am Star Trek. Uh, I mean, at this point, for a long time until... Discovery runs 50 seasons or something. He's got the most Star Trek credits by far. Yep. So. Mm. Uh, yep. Anyway. Yeah, he's gone, but it sure felt like one of his. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All that ghost nonsense. Yeah. yeah. Just, uh... Also, the, the, the Photoshoppy effect that they did on the, uh, the guy as he's wandering through the ship is like... I don't remember what effect it is, but it's just like broke him up nah. into little pieces. I, I remember my first right. thoughts when they sh- when you see it is just like ah oh, fuck me it's a dude all right <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah just, uh, I liked I liked the guy I liked the scientist and, yeah uh, oh no he's Matt, my good Matt, thing. this oh, is yeah. your good thing right yeah yeah I find Doctor Emery to be a very likable fellow even when he's trying to lie to everybody mm-hmm. plus I spent most of the episode thinking he was going to use his transporter to live forever or some dumb thing so having him stay- try to save his son was a nice surprise. <laughs> now as soon as they mentioned dead son i knew that was mm. where they were going with it but, yeah uh, but i do See, like that guy and i looked him up and like where do i know him from turns out i know him from literally everything yeah no the, the, yeah. he's just one of those dudes who has been in everything yeah bill cobbs yep yeah he was the yep. the uh clock keeper in the hudsucker proxy <laughs> that's yep. like my favorite role for him yeah no he was, he was in the sopranos he was he was in a whole bunch of stuff i like too just mm. a very very likable yeah. older dude you know good like we always talk about when you you got your sort of old scientists or old diplomats or whatever. You want someone with some gravitas, with some presence that you actually feel like people really look up to and yeah. not just because mm-hmm. the script says so. And he's one of those guys. Like Tripp's yeah. all nervous about meeting him because it's the guy who invented the transporter. And yeah. Like, you buy it. This guy's got like a presence yeah. that is, is very yeah. like, ooh, yeah, he's I got to be a little nervous too. He's got that gravitas, but he can also play a little crazy very well. Yeah. So. yeah. No, he, he, honestly, this felt like an original series episode to me. It like, really did. Mm-hmm. Only not in a good way. Like, it was kind of played out in the 60s where you'd have your scientists come on board, like the guy who invented the uh, duotronic computer, Daystrom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where the it took over the Enterprise. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But there were, there were a bunch of those, and there's been a bunch throughout Star Trek where the guy, like, uh, we're creating a new thing that'll change everything. Oh, look, it's gone wrong in some way. 
No, the, mm-hmm. this when, when he comes on the Enterprise, I'm like, oh, the the guy who did the, he invented the transporter. We're doing this. I my first thought is like, oh, we're gonna do an episode about like how like the transporter is getting perfected or something, and how it goes yeah. on to become like a common thing used in in Star Trek. Instead, we get this mm-hmm. fucking ghost story. Yeah, nah. and. The emotional arc of it isn't completely terrible. He lost his son, but his son might still be alive, and he wants yeah. to rescue him. That's okay. It's I, just, yeah. It's the aspect of it where he's the floating apparition that may or may not be alive. That's the part I don't love. Well, what and... really bakes my asshole, and this is my bad thing. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, can I change my good thing to the expression, bakes my asshole? <laughs> um, is this dude coming on board and just lying to Archer? Yeah. Someone who they make very clear. Yeah. Like, even before they spell it out, it's yeah. very clear that this, that the, like, this is family to him. Like, these guys, like, his, yeah. their dads were friends. This guy worked and, like, with his dad, and, and they debated a lot. Like, yeah. I think starships are the way forward. I think the transporter is the way forward. That's kind of neat. And, the like, mm-hmm. it feels like the only reason he's lying to Archer is to add some tension to this plot. Like... Yeah, if he came to his old friend, Captain John Archer, and said, look, I think I lost my son, who, by the way, is a friend of yours. Can you help me? He'd probably say, yeah, let's go. Yeah, and it's fucking John Archer. If there's one thing I know about that dude, it's that he will do whatever the fuck he needs to to get what he wants. Especially (laughs) since this guy is basically his second dad, and we know how Archer feels about his fucking dad because he'll tell us every 10 seconds. Yep. (laughs) Okay, you guys know all about my dad, but what about dad, too? Yeah, <laughs> this is like this is like substitute dad. Like when dad had to go away, this guy would take over. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. tag in and be my other dad. Yeah. Uh, so speaking of the uh, the debate between uh, spaceships and transporters, I mm-hmm. I really loved that they they took a moment to uh, kind of talk about all of the like fan theories and discussions about. Oh, transporters this is actually my quote. Kind of... Yeah. Oh yeah, shit! It's... I'm sorry. No, 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 no. That's good. This is a good setup for it. It's 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 a little meta. You're right. It's it's a bit like everyone has said over the years. Like the transporter would be like this. No, it would be like this. And the guy actually talks about it, which is cool. Yeah. I'll never forget the protest when the transporter was first approved for biomatter. Oh God, here we go. <laughs> People said it was unsafe. That it caused brain cancer, psychosis, and even sleep disorders. And then there's all that metaphysical chatter about whether or not the person who arrived after the transport was the same person who left and not some weird copy. Which would make all of us copy. I enjoyed that. And all the Um, things that they all said could go wrong with it, like creating evil duplicates or sending someone uh to an alternate universe. What a bunch of horse shit. (laughs) Or, I don't know, Barkley saw some monsters in there. Uh, oh, two Vicks yeah. happened. That's a thing. Uh-huh. Yeah. And the transporter yeah. doesn't really work very well, does it? Not not so much, <laughs> no. Well, that's what happens I when thought... you break a person down to their component molecules and move them somewhere else. It's not the best yeah. plan. Look, Bones was... didn't like the thing, and, and that guy knows what he's doing. So. I Look, if there's one thing I know about Bones that he's, is that he is a doctor and nothing else. So, <laughs> like... If you definitely want to know what he is and what he isn't, that guy will tell you. Yeah. I was kind of excited about the the prospect of like quantum transporters, just like kind of in line with you know what we're thinking now about you know quantum uh, what's, entanglement. What the hell's yes, quantum entanglement, the yeah. like spooky action at a distance, and all that kind of stuff. It's like oh, we could kind of harness that and use it for a transporter. That's a neat idea. Yeah, even it though is... it didn't work out. But yeah, we obviously know that Starfleet's never going to have that, but mm-hmm. it's still yeah. It's a cool thing to talk about. It would be a cool thing to talk about in a post-Voyager series where maybe Starfleet does get this. Yeah. Yeah. But then I feel that way about a lot of the stuff in Discovery, which we'll talk about soon. 
Just like mm. this would be cooler if it happened later. Yeah. Yep. Because we know that doesn't exist. Ah, we'll get that. Ah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Bob, what do you have for a good thing? Uh, uh, let me just scroll back up here. Uh, oh, <laughs> the uh, I really like the makeup they did after the uh, the floating jello attacks someone. Mm-hmm. I thought, you know, it looked really cool, like they're uh, melted or they're made out of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> the thing the big guy made of orange rocks or the thing the John Carpenter movie? The, the John Carpenter one. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, kind of gooey. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, no, it looked real good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've we've said time and again that the uh, visual effects on the show, if nothing else, like they're... These yeah. guys show up for work. Everyone else phones it in, and those guys are consistently nope. delivering something. Yeah. If we if we um, can give a single award to anything on Enterprise, it's those hardworking guys. Yeah, it's some of the best-looking effects of, of any of the series. Maybe mm-hmm. the best until we get to Discovery. Yep. Yeah. But, you know, they're, they're in support of garbage, so... <laughs> sort of damning with faint praise there. Uh-huh. I'm in support of garbage. I mean, I'm still here, so... Yeah. <laughs> you have 14 more episodes of this garbage. I am supporting you supporting garbage. Ah, oh, well, thank you. I mean, you're here to support <laughs> the garbage, so... <laughs> Big mountain of garbage. Hey, so when yeah. T'Pol's hand got turned into the thing, did they just turn it back or what? Did she have a thing hand now? I think now? so. I think it was just, like, the surface of her hand, so uh, they were it, able it, to it, just it, heal it. It's just not a big deal, even Flox though it melted his face off. Flox does say it's good that you are only exposed for a brief amount of time. So mm. I, I assume that right. it's because I can fix it. Fair enough. Whereas the guy who died just like had his whole head immersed in it and yeah. got himself scrambled. Yeah. Dunked his head in Quinn. Right. <laughs> um, my good thing is okay, at the beginning they're they're like when he's under the pretense of uh I'm 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 testing my new transporter and they beam this probe thing out into the uh, uh the barrens mm-hmm. which just mm-hmm. kept making me think of the the area in in the the book it where the kids played. <laughs> yep. But um <laughs> it is kind of cool seeing like no stars like it's nice. It's just this black yeah. area. I don't know. Emptiness. My my whole thing was uh oh a big empty place in space. Yeah, never heard of that before. <laughs> yeah, in Star Trek. <laughs> uh-huh. We don't you have, have to composite any stars this time. Yeah. There also, is, there is a, a great shot of the Enterprise, though, where it's not lit by anything except the yeah. lights on the Enterprise, so that's cool. Yeah, no, yeah. I think it looks cool because it's so rare. Yeah. But uh, there's a there's a probe that they use for, for what he's saying is his experiment, but it isn't, and it looks super old school. It looks yeah. very like something from the original series, but also- Like cool. Nomad or something? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I like that. So, yeah. again, production design, but you gotta got to do something. Yeah, and, Matt, and then Matt and then took Tripp's the doctor. Like, hey, can I help you with your probe? And the guy's like, No, <laughs> no, leave me alone, <laughs> oh, man. Okay, well, yeah. what what if I fetch some stuff that can help you with the probe? No, no, I can get it myself. Oh, yep. Well, what if I get you dinner? Nope. Nah, nah, no, no, I already ate something that you didn't touch. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna be uh, down here being shifty. <laughs> yep. Super shifty, just like the eyes darting back and forth. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> Just working on my project that mm-hmm. is fine. Definitely not a weird obsessive project about bringing back my possibly dead son. <laughs> nope. Why would you even bring that up? What a weird thing to say. Yep. <laughs> um, my bad thing. Yes. So when people say the show gets good, 
They mean there is one good story that plays out in three episodes, and we go right back to Brandon Braga transporter ghost bullshit. I guess you you can you can feel me when I'm watching this, just just the disappointment as it dawns yeah. on me what's happening in this episode. Well, now it's like oh, I... so you know better. Uh huh. <laughs> I thought I remembered it being better from this point, but I guess I was wrong. Well, we we also have that effect on people sometimes. Hey, I thought I liked this until you guys bitched about it for an hour. I guess I don't. Yeah, <laughs> sorry yeah, the, about that. Yeah. <laughs> that happens. Yeah, yeah. It's, the thing is, a single drop of water is not a big deal. But we've been standing under this torture device for eight years, so mm-hmm. <laughs> to us, this drop is the one that's going to make us crack. Whereas <laughs> you're like, oh, water, nice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> how refreshing. Yeah, no, <laughs> we are being driven mad by this water. Uh huh. Uh, what else? Indeed. I just had to bring it back to torture. That's a that's a metaphor people, fans of the show, will understand. I mm-hmm. guess. Hooray, torture. Yeah. Torture. No, wait. The other thing. Yeah. Uh, Bob, what was Boo. your bad thing? Uh, this is this is a longstanding thing that I hate. Uh, one of my pet peeves. Oh, yeah, not just in, in uh, Star Trek, in everything. <laughs> yes. <laughs> is that uh, when they're looking at the uh, video of the uh, the space ghost jello thing, mm-hmm. <laughs> Archer says, enhance. It's yep. it's not just for police procedurals anymore. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now we have a button on the Enterprise that says enhance, and it just makes everything better. There's a, there's enhance. a series. Rotate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> There's a series of Red Dwarf, which I remember not liking at all, but there was one really good joke about that where mm. they do it for like 10 minutes and it does mm. nothing. <laughs> it's pretty damn funny. That's awesome. Yeah, it's quite good. Uh, I liked, I, I also liked uh, his daughter. Uh, Dan, Dan, Danny. Dan, Dan, yeah, yeah. I liked her. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, although I liked it, her a lot, too. It did, of course, make me realize there aren't a lot of women of color on this show at all. Yeah. Mm. Like, oh. Look, two, two people of color as the guest stars for a rare change, and they're not yeah. related yeah. to Travis. And <laughs> it was nice, but it also makes me realize how how rarely they do that. But, yeah, yeah. And she, she had good civilian clothes too. I was yeah. very uh, excited about that. Actually, the civilian clothes on this show haven't been too bad because they're mostly sort of contemporary with a tiny bit of future flair. Like they're not mm. trying to go full on futuristic. There's a lot of like. You see Archer just wearing a T-shirt or whatever, you know. Like, mm-hmm. I think I think the show isn't as bad as some of the other ones. Yeah, yeah, because they're in tennis shoes, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is a big part of the press for this show. Is like it's like Star Trek in tennis shoes. Yeah, that's that's super really guys. Yeah, yeah, wow. it's all over the fifty-year mission. That that was the big push. For this, this ain't show. your daddy's Star Trek. You can relate to it. They're just, they're good old, it's that dumb political, this is a Star Trek you can have a beer with. Uh Uh-huh. Whatever. (laughs) Well, it worked for the president, so. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Uh, what else? Um, maybe I missed the explanation for this, but I really hated, uh, them trying to find the anomaly with guns. Yeah. Like, they're, like, they're stalking the anomaly like it's a dude they can shoot. (laughs) Yeah, that, I mean, you know, if if you ask for Malcolm's help, that's what you're gonna get. I'm like, what what are you expecting exactly? When you're Malcolm, Ray, every, every, every problem change, is but... a is a target. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was gonna say it could be worse, but no, it couldn't. You can't mm. be worse than Malcolm Reed. He's he is the worst. Uh huh. The official <laughs> worst. Yep. Uh, Trip getting shot down on two fronts. Also, like he he you know 
Yep. Guy he looks up to just doesn't want any part of him. And then Topal, who I guess he thought that was dating, was isn't dating after all. Just they, like, I, the, I have no idea what the deal is, and I don't think the show does either. Like you and I independently mm-hmm. put the same note there. Are they dating? Did they break it, up? That doesn't make sense. Like I, I have no idea what the what what the hell the plan here is. But like she was married, so did he think they were still dating after she got married? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Just, they keep trying to make us think they're a thing, and it's like also he's given her shit for being into the whole Serac thing now. And it's like, uh-huh. dude, they just discovered this huge thing. It's a yeah, this big is a deal massive with them. Fucking also, but, she was shamed. Movie night. Yeah. Yeah. That's he's always, <laughs> and he's always given her shit for not coming to movie night. Like uh-huh. he's, she's given him so many chances. Like, yeah, I just don't like human movies. Okay. I just don't <laughs> leave me alone. We'll try this one. No, no, I still don't. <laughs> Would you, could you on the bridge? Yeah. <laughs> could you with midge? Would you, could you, in the fridge? Ah, much have, have you tried the Fast and the Furious movies? Those are pretty uh, good. That would be the one, that, that would be what what brings her over. <laughs> Wasn't there hated, one? Oh, no, no, that's Die Hard. Never mind. I, I thought I say. hated your stupid human movies, but this was fucking great. <laughs> I didn't, didn't they work a Klingon thing into the title of one of them? But that was... That was yeah, Live Free or Die Hard. Hard. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Or no, that's not right. A Good Day to Die Hard. That was it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um... But yeah, I, I like, I like that she's into the Surak stuff because it is a big deal, and also yeah, it would be. she was she was made to feel shame and like all that crap they did to her, where she felt bad for melding, mm-hmm. and she yeah. was victimized, and she thought she had a disease. I'm glad they've backpedaled all that. Like, yeah, that's some good retconning there. Where no mind melding is not a bad thing. You shouldn't feel bad for it. That yeah. guy was a jerk, yeah. but it's a good thing otherwise. Like to do it consensually mm-hmm. and you don't have mm-hmm. a disease it turns out that's just from people doing it badly and you're fine yeah good and a whole but... bunch of people on vulcan got cured that's nice yeah, yeah. good yeah because yeah they made it out like fucking space aids and it was real yeah. clumsy and bad and like I, yeah. oh th- oh go ahead oh no go ahead I'm i was just gonna say subject. aids is, a, is another good contemporary thing star trek could tackle if they did it right yeah yeah but the show's not very good at that mm-hmm <laughs> I was just going to say one one of the times when uh, Tucker and Tapal were talking. Oh, Trip and Tapal. Sorry, Tucker. What? I don't know. I mean, like, I don't know why again, I'm stuck on that. You're not wrong, but <laughs> no, no. <laughs> just our mental shorthand is slightly different than yours, and it takes me a minute to adjust. <laughs> but uh, they were they were just talking in the engine room next to the engine, and there was a really good shot behind Trip's head of like the swirly colors inside the engine, and I just mm-hmm. thought those looked really cool. That's it. <laughs> colors, man. I'll take it. <laughs> yeah. No, again, again, this show, like the the effects in the set design, is about all we can latch onto sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know. Also, I pointed this out in my summary, but really, this guy assumes, well, I murdered someone, or I'm indirect, you know, indirectly murdered someone. So uh, mm-hmm. I guess I get to oh, be well. a teacher now. <laughs> what? <Yeah>. Really? <laughs> you get yeah. to be a teacher now? Uh huh. How? Well, the, you know, they'll let him out of prison once a week to go teach a class. That's his punishment? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. If, there's, if there's one thing I've learned about Star Trek, it's that it's all about locking up its geniuses, but letting them do it, their work. Well, that's mm-hmm. because they're evil geniuses. Starfleet doesn't have, like, the Federation, well, what will become the Federation doesn't have a lot of well-adjusted geniuses. Apparently not. The best you get is Ephraim Cochran, who's a drunk. Uh-huh. And he flew away into nowhere. Uh, yeah. And and ended up hooking up with a very racist alien. Uh huh. I think that's what it was. Or he? No, he was the racist. 
Yes. Because when he finds out that she's an alien, he's what? like all, ew, gross. No, because before that, <laughs> he thought both? that she was a magic thing or whatever. Like, right. What's up, Zephram? Yeah. <laughs> well, look, who doesn't love Zephram? <laughs> yeah. That's why we want to go to the stars, you know, to meet people that are from Earth. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Apparently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. I, something that, that at least two of us pointed out, maybe Matt, you noticed this too, but the camera work, particularly in the latter part of the episode uh, where there's oh, like yeah. sudden zooms for oh, no reason. No, what trust the hell? Me on this. That is some shitty camera work at the, at the end of the episode. <laughs> okay. I wasn't sure. I saw it in my notes and Bob's. I wasn't sure if you noticed it too. No, but, it's in yeah. here. You can find it. Just I feel like they were doing ups. a handheld thing and trying to make the scene more intense by doing these zooms and quick pans and stuff, but it just it oh, looks so, so sloppy. It's the, the, I mean, I don't love this about Star Trek, but there is a very established house style at this point. Mm. And if you're going to deviate mm-hmm. from it, you need it to be something special. Otherwise, it's really jarring. Yeah. yeah and guess I mean, what? There's definitely, there's definitely more handheld stuff in Enterprise than yeah, in the other series, sure. but it's still, that yeah, was like way solid. out of line even for this. Yeah. Or it's, it's in a super intense action sequence where it feels right. This is. They're they're doing it a lot for dramatic reactions. Like there's one <laughs> it was, I remember it was in particular. Three people standing very still. Yeah, uh-huh. they're on the bridge watching the screen. What's going to happen? And it's like super zoom into their face. Like, uh, what are you and then pan <laughs> to the left, right, and zoom in some more on this guy's face. It's it's so bad. But I mean, I kind of understand what they were trying to do because it was just three people standing around pressing buttons and not even uh-huh. really arguing. Yeah, <laughs> they were trying to like make the scene more exciting, but. Yeah. yeah, but the show's always, like, all of Star Trek has done that. Like, oh, we need some danger. We can't just have people talking. That would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Deadly danger. Yeah, no thanks. Commander Riker is a murder. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Anything else? Uh, oh, I really like the design of the Sarajevo ship that they met up with at the end. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the I assume that's one of those like cargo ships or whatever like what Travis served mm-hmm. on like it's not part of Starfleet but it's you know still yeah. a ship. It, yeah it felt like really old school kind of seventies era starship design yeah it looked like the original Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. kind of. yeah. yeah exactly yeah it was good all right anything else no nah all right Bob what do you got up for an alternate title uh Schrodinger's dead guy quite good Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, hang on. I gotta scroll up. Ah, more transporter fuckery. <laughs> more, more transporter, more fuckery. Uh huh. <laughs> I went with I love my dead ghost son. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that is all for this time. This is, I think we're about about the halfway point, if not close to it, mm-hmm. season four. So, so we're getting there. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, Bob, what do you got to plug for the fine folks? Uh, I am, I am finally working on researching a new episode of the optical podcast, which is kind of going back and looking at visual effects and, and film technology. And uh, that is at opticalpodcast.com. And, uh, my other creation, creative stuff is at vixenlabs.com. Well, the other creative stuff that you originate, you are also, uh, deeply involved with our new project, Sarcastic Voyage Theater. You are, yes, unpaid voice acting players. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. Oh no no no! Sorry, I don't. I, I was using that as a segue, but now now you've tripped me all up. So thanks for that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. No no no! Come on! I don't know how to segue. Like why? <laughs> why would you help me? <laughs> I am I am also acting on this new thing oh, no, called no. Sarcastic Voyage Theater. Mm-hmm. Yeah no we're uh, we're doing sort of an old timey. What we're doing is thrilling adventure hour, but 
our version of it. Like I, I, I'd love to be able to say we're doing something completely different. We're trying and we're, we're gradually moving to something original, but in the beginning, the, the pitch is basically thrilling adventure hour and yeah. we're doing it live in mm-hmm. Seattle, uh, May the 26th at the pocket theater. Uh, if you'd mm-hmm. like to come see us do a live recording of that, we've, we've got the live sound effects, like the whole, you know, shaking certain objects to sound like they're different objects thing. And, and, and us yeah. trying to do those weird old timey transatlantic accents, and mm-hmm. you know, it, it'll be a yeah. delight. And uh, oh, and I and I just got my suit tailored for it, so Ooh, please come and see me and make it worth it. Oh yeah, we're also all dressing up in in our old timey clothes. We did a photo shoot with with some of that, but uh, there'll be there'll be mm-hmm. a lot more of that, and I'm sure we'll all be tinkering with our wardrobes as that goes on. So uh, look forward to that. And mm-hmm. speaking of uh, live performances at at the Pocket Theater, actually, yep. uh, June thirtieth. Uh, is our first episode of Discovery. We will yep. be done with the Rick Berman era, moving forward into new, uh, almost Woo-hoo. current Star Trek. So that's exciting. Yep. Uh, we'd love yeah. to see you there. And that yep. is a, I officially uh, got the days off. So if I can excellent. make it, so can you. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to be there. I won't you, be there. You, oh. you take it without me. It's fine. Okay. I might need to borrow the keys. <laughs> I don't have a key. <laughs> no, it's uh, it, it should be a great time. And it's a pay what you will kind of yes. thing. If you would pay RSVP. Pay what thou wilt. Yes. If you could RSVP at thepocket.org, we would appreciate yes. that. But uh, you, you, it's a pay, you know, pay what you want because legally we, we are screening a copyrighted thing, so we can't charge for it. But uh, help them out if you could, yeah, please. Just, to- just toss the venue a couple of bucks. Yeah, or buy a drink. They have drinks yeah. there. Do that. That, yep. that gives them a profit, too. So, uh, And then, uh, of course, the usual stuff. Um, email postatomicore at gmail. The website postatomicore.com. I just put up a new section that breaks down every single guest that we've ever had and what episodes they're Whoa. on, which is something that someone asked for quite a long time ago. What, where are the Amanda episodes? I think they asked and Amanda has been bugging me ever since. Yeah. When, how can my fan hear which what one about I'm Amanda? On? So, yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's up now. I post Um, our, uh, website, uh, mentioned that, uh, Tumblr, post Matt and I are on uh, Twitter at robot Matt and at mm-hmm. Algar. And, uh, I think that's it for this time. Yeah. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2018. Please don't sue us. We're, we're, we're still just doing this.